We saw that in week number three. Without the ball, the game is over. I grew up in a day where um, Nerf balls were new. And oh, we loved Nerf balls. And neighborhood football was fantastic as long as the Nerf ball survived. I don't know if you remember those. Eventually, they would start, pieces would start coming off them. And there'd be less and less. And, and we had a neighborhood uh, dog, Barney, a golden retriever. And he loved that Nerf football, too. And he would rip pieces off it if you weren't fast enough. And so then all of a sudden, the ball would be nothing again and then we'd be waiting for some kid in the neighbor to get a new nerf football and then it was back to football and it was fantastic again without the ball there's no game and we need to realize that as we think about our own spiritual lives as we think about life with god there is a ball there is a center piece to our lives and we have to keep our eye on the ball we have to do that. If, if we don't, everything falls apart. There's no game. There's no nothing. Wherever the ball goes, that's where the action is. That's where the game is. It's all about, in a sense, moving the ball down the field. And it's so important. So for us, in our setting, we're not just thinking about football. We're thinking about following Christ. And so we need to identify the ball. We need to decide what the ball really is. And some of us who grew up in the church very quickly can come up with the answer for that. Some of us who have not experienced church that much probably still can come up with the answer with that. But identifying the ball is much larger, life-encompassing than just saying that's the ball. It's center to the Christ follower life. If you're just trying to figure things out, kicking the tires of faith, if you will, that's not the center of your life. For someone who's a Christ follower, the ball is centered to life. We can't get away from it. That is our core. That's what we follow in life. Where the ball is, that's where the action is, that's where life is. And we want to see it move down the field at all costs. The writer of Hebrews, <laughs> there could be, I could give you verse after verse, but I like the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases this. He says, so dear Christian friends, companions in following this call to the heights, take a good look, take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the football. No, he doesn't really say that. It says he's the centerpiece. Same difference. You should see. Are people really paying attention? There should be. No, he doesn't say that. You guys are the, maybe Eugene Peterson did use word football. But anyway, he is the centerpiece. If you look into a more word-for-word translation, they talk about him being the high priest. And if you lived in Israel and you, there was temple worship and all that was going on, the high priest was your representation to God. It, 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 he was so important. He was core to your faith. Now Christ is our high priest. Now we go directly to God. But in that day and age, high priest significant. So he was saying Jesus is like our high priest. He's center. And so tying the idea of football together, Jesus is the center piece of our life. He is our football. 
It's all about him. And when we take our eyes off him, everything falls apart. When we put our eyes on a person, everything falls apart. When we put our eyes on an expectation, this is the way God's going to show up in my life. God's going to protect me from this. We're disappointed. The game, in a sense, is over. Now, if you read the Friday Pulse, and I hope you've signed up for the Pulse, you can do that online, or you can stop off by guest services Tuesday through Friday, gives little church updates. There's also another step if you want to get prayer requests as they, in a sense, live. You might get two of those. It might go three days. You can sign up for that. But in the Pulse, as I kind of gave my little tease for this Sunday, I told about a story when I was 15 years old. And we were driving up the coast of of California. And if you've ever been there, there's parts where it's like cliffs. And my dad, you saw what I said. I said, Bill, this guy named Bill. Well, it was my dad. He's driving, and he's driving this little rental car. We had this little little, um, AMC Concord, horrible car. Air conditioner didn't work in the back. Mom has got a sweater on, and we're all roasting in the back seat. And uh, begging to sit up in the front. But anyway, so we'd be driving and we'd be driving and dad would be like looking over. He wanted to see the houses and, and, and I unlocked the door to my, uh, my, um, the unlocked my door because I was envisioning going over the cliff and jumping out. And uh, because everywhere we went or everywhere dad's eyes went, we went. Your car goes where your eyes are. You ever driven with someone like that? You're driving along, and every they're looking at something. All of a sudden, you see the car. They hit the rumble strip. You're going all over the place. Wherever they go, I, I actually like to look around, so I like when Cindy drives. Um, and I'm going to pretend this boot is needed for years to come. So I'll just be, oh, I don't want to drive. Put my boot on. But anyway, um, you know, it's just, it's just wherever that happens, uh, that's where, where you go. So first, when we think about keeping your eyes on the ball, you need to decide where the center, what the goal, what, the, the, what has your attention is. And as a Christ follower, are you honestly looking to Christ? Does everything get filtered through what he would have us do, what he would have us be, our relationship with him? Does our identity come through that, or is it all these other things? Because as a Christ follower, even as a Christ follower, you can get your identity from your workplace, uh, your relationships, uh, your bank accounts, your uh, abilities, your whatever. And if that becomes the ball, just like a Nerf ball, things will take bites out of it until there's nothing left. And some of us have gone down that road. Yes, we've said Jesus is our Savior. He is our Savior. Yes, we try to follow him, but we're following some other things. And all of a sudden, there's much, not much left to our Nerf ball. We hit bottom, and it dawns on us, there must be something else. And you go, oh, that's right, I've let Christ slip off the center of my life. He's no longer my centerpiece. He's no longer what I'm watching, where I'm going. He's no longer, I no longer have my eye on the ball, and it creates a huge, huge problem got to watch out for that. And for the Christ follower, I think it's always a realignment. 
It's so easy to live in our world like this and just get all over the place. Whether it's our fear, our, our, our eyes go to other places. We look at the world and we look at all the craziness and our eyes start to look at that. We spend more time watching the news and getting updates than getting updates for God himself. Again, our eyes get off the ball, and when that happens, we're in trouble. Also, a part of this whole idea is to describe the field. This, these words aren't in your notes, but describing the field has this idea of great commandment, great commission. Great commandment, love God, love others. Great commission, go out. Have an impact. Take your life. Use it. And so when we talk about our vision statement, we talk about our mission statement, it's all based on the great commandment and great commission. Sometimes people call it the great omission because we've stopped looking to those who don't know Christ. And we omit that. We become, as you hear me say often, we become a holy huddle. It's just about us. And so if you and I are looking at the field that God has called us to play on, the football field, it's to play on these two concepts, these two tiers. When we think of that, we think of this. I already mentioned it. Jesus answered them, him, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. I like all the different translations. I can read the older translations. Some of us are used to and I just read them off and it doesn't register with them. Love God with all my heart, my soul, my mind. Like the imagery there. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart. Where are your passions? What's number one in your life? I joked a couple weeks ago, oh, well, can't wait till I get my iPhone 15. I got it this week. It's awesome. Where's my heart? Where's my passion? Do I spend more time reading all the new little things it can do? Or do I keep focusing my eye on the ball your energy you know we can have a bank account and we can kind of track and budget our finances what if you could do the same with your energy where would your energy be going where would your thinking time be going where would your dreams be going what's the energy of your being going to What's your thoughts? Do you filter it through your relationship with God? And all of these things are not supposed to be a burden. They bring fulfillment to life if you're a Christ follower. And yes, it takes some time. Yes, it's adjustment. It's like working out. Sometimes when someone says, yeah, I want to read the Bible. I want to start doing that. I go, take small, doable bites of it. Don't try to do it all too fast. It's like when you work out, and I, I remember doing this a number of times. Now, I just don't do it at all, but I remember trying to do sit-ups. And the first time I do sit-ups, I do like 100. 
And the next day I couldn't move, and then I didn't do any sit-ups for like three years. And I'd go, all right, got to do some sit-ups. And same thing. We do that spiritually. We, do, we overdo it, and then nothing happens. Take chewable bites. Grow in your relationship with God. Use your energy. And this is a supreme command. When you and I do this, it's a great command. It's about following him. We talk about this, and you'll hear more about this if you go to next, next week. Uh, Growing awareness and love for God is a part of that. And how do we do that? How do we do that As as a Christ follower? You go to worship services where we worship, where we show that he's worth something to us by showing up, by singing. That's just scratching the top of the surface. And we also, though, show our love for God by spending time with him. Both of those things need to be a part. You can't just have one meal a week. You need to have all those meals. But then you need to have a special meal. And that's Sundays. It's our worship service. We grow in our awareness with God. Then we also see the second part. And the second is like this. In importance, you must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. I love the way the easy read version expresses that. You must love your friends, those close, those you kind of are in their life, those you step on your toes and those who you step on their toes in the same way you love yourself. You cut yourself a lot of slack. I cut myself a lot of slack. Oh, it was a bad week. It was a tough week. When someone else expresses bad week, tough week, I go, oh, that's a character flaw. What? No, no, no. They're having a bad week too. How you love your Self, the idea of that. We show that around here by a growing awareness and love for others. Community groups, service groups, and love for others is those that are in close to your life. Sometimes it's easier to, in a sense, uh, and I want us to be doing this, but we're hoping to do it on another missions trip to Honduras. We had to book it out for 2025. That was the first time we could get that weekend or those two weeks. So we've already booked it about four months ago. But, uh, you know, these, these trips are really, really good. But, you know, it's easy to drop in to some other culture where you don't have to live You take a stand for Christ, but you know in a week you're going home. It's a lot harder to do it where you work week in and week out. It's a lot harder to do it where you live, where you play. That's the hard place. That's that's a hard place to show love for others. So we want to be in smaller groups where we have to actually get to know people and love them. And that can, again, happen in community groups, service teams. Those are some of the things we offer to help those things happen then we read that jesus says all of the law and the writings of the prophets take their meaning from these two commandments the new testament is all an expression of loving god and loving others no more complex than that no more if if you're thinking about faith and you think about fun it's no more complex than that love god love others and the New Testament shows you how to do that. We see how Jesus did it, and then we see how the early churches are to do it throughout the rest of the New Testament. Simple as that. And as hard as that. 
Then we read when we get to this idea of the great commission, we hear, so go and make followers of all people in the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That word go is as you go. Sometimes we can go, oh, we make disciples when we go to another place. No, 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 no. It's as you go through life, make disciples. So as you're raising your kids, you're making disciples. As you're interacting with other family members, you're making disciples. As you go to work, you're trying to point to Christ and eventually make disciples. It's as you go, where you get your hair cut. Uh, A lot of those kinds of things, I try to go to the same place, go to the same people at line so I can start to build a relationship with them. Because I I want to use all my opportunities of going, I want to use them to point to Christ. I want to be strategic. I want to be wise. I don't want to miss those opportunities. I want to be known is the is the kind of the friendly guy when I go to something. Oh, that's that guy. You know, I, I want to be so I it opens the door. So I really try to think through that. I'll be careful about this. Not right now, but there have been times way back 10 or 15 years ago, 20 years ago, where I used to get my hair cut at a place that I really didn't care for the way they cut my hair. But I was building a good relationship with the person who was cutting my hair. And the relationship was more important than making me look beautiful. Amen. Take more than a haircut, didn't it? Okay, all right. So we go baptizing them, helping people go public with their faith, helping people point to Christ with their own life, reproducing the discipleship process. Very appropriate for me to put this in here this week. I was thinking about getting baptized. If you've never been baptized as, as, a, as, a, prefer, as a profession of faith, as a believer, you ought to think about being baptized. If you were baptized as a child, that's different. You, you didn't know what was going on. It doesn't take anything away from what your parents are trying to do. In those settings, normally the parents were saying, I want to have God involved in my child's rearing days i want my child to grow up and have this relationship with god so the thing in their culture was to baptize a a baby so so don't think you're undoing that or anything like that when you get baptized as a believer you own it for yourself and so again it's about going public with your faith it doesn't mean you're perfect but it means you're 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 going to try to follow christ and you're not you're you're being a little risky by saying hey i am a christ follower Then we read on, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. Some of us look at the things that are happening in Israel and go, is this the end times? Is Jesus coming back? He is coming back. It's sooner today than it was yesterday. But it may be next week, it may be today, it may be a hundred years from now. You and I need to live like he's coming back tomorrow, but also that he might delay a little bit. And the longer he delays, that gives you and me more of an opportunity to point to Christ. 
And so far, we're pretty fortunate in this country. Yeah, you may get made fun of a little bit for being a, a Christ follower, but they don't drag you out of your home and beat you up or do worse. Use this time wisely. Don't be selfish with it. You and I have opportunities that people on other places on the planet don't have. And it's interesting. Some of us go, my faith is boring. I really don't see God showing up in my life. I wish he would live. Well, it's because we're not doing what he said. We're not out there making disciples. He says, if you're involved in this process, day after day, right up to the end of the age, I will be with you. Promise. If you're living for yourself, doing your own things, just worried about self, he doesn't promise that you'll experience him day after day after day. Doesn't do that. So not always, but one place to look if you go, man, I'm not experiencing God in my life. Seems like he's not with me. Seems like I'm kind of functioning on solo. You got to ask yourself, am I involved with this commission that he gave every single Christ follower? It's interesting. You talk to some of the kids, little kids, and they get this. They tell people about Jesus because they think that's what you're supposed to do. And then somewhere along the line, we become too sophisticated and we don't do that anymore. Fear grew four. We had a new neighbor moving into the area. I think I was in third grade. Introduced myself to the Terraminas. And Mrs. Terramina into high school would always remind me I said this. I'm a third grader. I'm like, hi, Mrs. Terramina. And I said instantly, I'm Baptist. What are you? She's like, what does the... And that was code for I follow Jesus. Do you follow Jesus? Because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. And somewhere along the line, that stopped. Again. But, and if you want... To, just open your life to a few encounters of pointing to Christ and see how God shows up. And then you'll say, wow, he is with me day after day. That's how you get ready for the end times. You don't get ready for the end times by being scared, being nervous, or even being upset. That's God's place to figure all that stuff out. You're just along for the ride. But you are, I am commanded to live that kind of way till it happens. There's no other way. That's the way I'm to do it. Great commandment, love God, love others, because I love God so much. I love others because God loves people. I love people. And then I make sure my faith is, um, uh, I'm exporting my faith. That I, I'm pointing to Christ. And yes, I do it the way I live, but it's just not just the way I live. I'll tell you, if you talk all about it and you don't live in a way that honors your relationship with Christ, please stop talking about it. But don't think, I thought this in high school, I, I'm embarrassed by it. I thought that if I lived it, my junior and senior year in high school, that that was enough. And it wasn't. I never had somebody come to my locker and say, Dave, you don't party the way the rest of us do. You don't swear the way the rest of us do. You are different. Do you know Jesus? I want to know Jesus too. No one ever did that to me. People say, oh, well, oh, that's right. Dave doesn't do I mean, I never defined that. 
There's one time where Billy Graham was coming into Boston, and I was a part of that in high school, and, and somebody got wind of it. and said, oh, you're one of those born-again believers, and I got so nervous about it. That was like, I'm never going to even say anything about this again. Shame on me. I, I, I can see faces of kids I wish I had said just a little bit been daring enough not obnoxious I, I read this somewhere and now it's always on my mind and I, it's not the nicest thing you know I, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a jerk to Jesus you know you know not one of those kinds of people I want to be attracted to Jesus and so this is the lifestyle that we're to live in church you know we talk about loving God loving others then we talk about this idea of our growing awareness and loving our church and hopefully the reason you love Seneca Community Church is because we're trying to live out the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Not because the seats are comfortable, not because the coffee's good, not because it's convenient. Yeah, it's great. The church is just down the street. It's really convenient. It only takes you two minutes to get there. No, I hope it's mission and vision that gets you going. So when that's the case, it doesn't mean church is perfect, but it does mean that you're strategically investing your shape, we've talked about that, your time and your treasures into the life of the church, and it doesn't just stop in these four walls, it's outside. There's a balance of that. And that's also the idea of a growing awareness and love for the world. I watch the news, and it breaks my heart. I'm not a crier. I kind of pride myself of not being emotional. The girls are like, Mom, have you ever seen Dad cry? Well, not really. I don't cry. But I tell you, when the Ukraine war broke out and they were interviewing that woman with her two or three kids in like the subway and her husband was out fighting, I cried. I cried. Broke my heart. Do, does your heart bleed and break for the greater world your neighbor down the street that's got it all together but the one thing that's missing is a relationship with jesus does that break your heart when they act like non-christians rather than being mad at them condemning them does it break your heart because they don't know about another way or do you be like oh i don't want to get any of that on me what do you do? Do you love the world? Are you engaged in pointing to Christ locally and globally? And we've really tried to do that as a church family and uh, tried, to, tried to not be just a church that, you know, does missions, does difference making across the sea and not across the street. That's why there was a game dinner. That's why there's a trunk or treat. Uh, sign up and do a trunk. You're making a difference. Inconvenience yourself. Just maybe some little family will come through and go, that church must love us. Why would they do that? Why would they do that for free? It's not like we're trying to make a business thing. It's not like, you know, why are they doing that? Because they love us. It's a pain in the neck. I hate them, but they will not quit me. And Cindy and I are usually doing it last minute, and the tape's not sticking to the car, and you know, it's like painting with your wife and trying to hang a picture. Those are not good times. But uh, 
you know what I'm talking about. So, so, but, uh, but inconvenience yourself. I, I've said this to the year up here. Is there something we can just buy? Can we just buy, I don't know, it's 200 bucks. Just buy the $200, boom, your trunk is done. You know, I just, you know, there isn't, there isn't. They do have kits, but they're not as easy as they say. But anyway, so engage in outreach locally and globally. So for us, what does it mean to run for a touchdown? Thinking about football, now I'm going to mess it all up because I'm going to show you a uh, baseball. Very fast, you can barely catch it. Line drive foul. She did. Nice catch down there. Check it out again. The ball girl on the left with the catch. Look at that ball head straight for a fan who was looking down. It said in the stands, likely on his phone, only looking up after the save. Online tonight, they're simply calling her Emily the Ball Girl, number 90, narrowly saving not only him, but that beer. Glass half full, and that ball was clocked at 108.7 miles per hour. If you're going to run for a touchdown or catch a ball that's going 108 miles an hour, you need to diminish, I need to diminish the distractions. I need to have clarity of mind, clarity of thinking. I, I'm actually thinking about it. I'm not just kind of like drifting through sloppily, kind of aware but not aware. I'm not at a ball game like that, and I'm looking at my phone. I'm like engaged. I see the ball coming. When it comes to your faith, if you were in the grandstands of your faith, would you see the ball coming? Or would someone have to jump out and grab the ball and save you? Or would you see it? Are you engaged enough to see it, diminishing the distractions. Harris takes off and a fly ball to right. And Bradley plays it off to the side and he better, he doesn't know how many outs there are. He just throws the ball into the bleachers. That's only the second out of the inning. And that allows, it allows Harris to go all the way that to the third. That guy's not happy. Sacrifice fly for Maurer. Mental error by Milton Bradley. Mental error. Funny. But what if you applied that to your faith? Are you practicing mental errors all the time? Do you even know what inning it is? Do you even know what's going on? Do you know what's happening? I'm not saying this to pick on you, but you know, but I am picking on you. I'm picking on myself. Unfortunately, I've got a wife that takes care of this for me. But uh, you know, the 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 shoe boxes, Christmas boxes. Uh, are you aware of the difference that those make on somebody's life? You know, we and I'm not saying this because I want this to happen because now I'll get in trouble with Megan so I forget more. But you know, we should run out of these pretty quickly. And uh, because because we want to make a difference, I'll eventually I'll show the little video where somebody in like a Czechoslovakian, uh, you know, Baltic uh, country that was ravaged by all those wars and ethnic cleansing, how she's like probably 12, 13, and her father pushes her to go down to the to hand out these boxes, and she doesn't want to go down there. She's got shoes that got a cardboard in them because there's holes in them, and she's just kind of angry at the world. She goes down there. She gets her box, and there's a thousand good shoes in there that fit her. And in that moment, she said, you know, that's she didn't say it with these words. That's not coincidence. There must be a God that loves me to get me 
out of all these shoe boxes, I get the one with shoes that fit me. See, that's a cool, that's exciting, that energizes you. Faith should not be boring. Diminish the distractions. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few with as few distractions as possible. What is distracting you from serving the Lord? From a lifestyle of service. What are those things? Too much TV, too much hobby, too much this, too much money, too much that. What, what is distracting you? Too much phone time, screen time? Doesn't mean you can't have any of that. But where's that tipping point in your life where it goes to distraction? No wonder faith is boring. If the most exciting thing is looking at your phone all day or watching a TV show and watching somebody else live out their life and adventure and, and there's no adventure in life in you because you're not living out your faith. You're not finding God is, is with you. Also, this fits in there. Focus on what's important. That's really important. If you ever take an inventory of your life and say, what is important for my life? Who has God made me to be? Where should I be investing my life, using my life? What, when I go to bed at night and I'm exhausted, why am I exhausted? What, what drained my energy? Did it have anything to do with faith? Did it have anything to do with pointing to Christ? Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm, get, I'm starting to get close to this. Retirement. Don't retire. Use your energy to point to Christ. As you go, as you do regular life stuff, you can do it. I remember when I was a youth pastor, and uh, I've talked to you about this before. Every time I go up to L.O. Bean, this is before there were L.O. Bean stores all over the place. There was the flagship L.O. Bean store in Freeport. We lived 20 minutes from there, and I needed to go get something. I would always bring a couple kids with me. So I didn't add another activity to my life. I just brought some kids with me. It's funny how middle school kids would love to come over and help me wash my car. They would never do that at home. But for some reason, they'd love to come over to my house and wash the car. So anytime I had a regular thing to do, I, I, I tried to include kids because that was my job. So it was great. I, you know, I talked about I love skiing, backpacking, camping. I got paid for doing that stuff. That was my job. But even when I stopped doing that and went and did those things, I would still bring other people with me. It's great. You love to golf? Make golf be a part of your ministry. You love to fish? Make fishing a part of your ministry. Focus on what is important. Let all the noise be blocked out, even though it's, you can't get away from it. You cannot get away from the noise of this world. You need to be like this golfer.
distraction? Are we so focused on what's important that that pulls see the plan, we only see the mission, we only see the vision, we only see the great commandment and the great commission, and we live out of that. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. You have to plan for that. It just doesn't happen, at least in my life. I have to plan for that. I have to go limit that, less of that, more of this. I, I have to plan for it. It just, I just doesn't kind of at the end of the day. Oh, I limited. I have to, I have to calculate it. I have to think it through. I have to shape my day, shape my free time, so that I focus on what's important. Which uh, reminds me of this guy. There's a lot of lessons in that, gentlemen. A lot of lessons. Enough said with that. Reduce the friction. We're going to move along quickly here. No rug burns. I hate a rug burn. You ever been wrestling and get a rug burn? You become one with the rug. It's too much friction there. Uh, the new football fields, supposedly these AstroTurf things have no uh, have less friction because of that. Of course, now we have people blowing out their Achilles tendons on it. And uh, so there's a whole nother, maybe friction is good. But uh, in this case, reduce the friction, no rug burns. And for Christ followers, reducing the friction involves the way we interact with a world that does not know Jesus. Rick touched on this passage last week. So here's my counsel. We should not burden those outsiders who are turning to God. Why has the church lost traction in our communities? Why are there more empty churches, closed down churches? Because we've made it harder for people to turn to God. Shame on us. We've taken concepts. We've taken, you know, tools for ministry, whatever. We talked about this a while ago and made them into rules. Shame on us. We should not make it hard for those that are turning to God. We're not talking about sinning. We're not talking about disobeying God, but make it as easy as possible for someone to come through the doors and come in here and get a taste of Christ. 
That's why seven years ago we built those new entrances. Remember how you used to get into the, into the commons area? There was one little hallway, right? Those four glass doors, those were expensive. We had debates about whether we should do just two instead of four, all those kinds of things. Whether the front should be and the back, all those kinds of stuff. We wanted to make it easier. I hate to tell you this. The reason we have air conditioning in here is not because I'm hot all the time. So I desire to make you cold. That's what I said. No, it's to make it easier, especially during the middle of the summer when it's 85 degrees out. And we have someone outside that wants to get a taste of what church might be. We want them to come into a comfortable environment. You wouldn't go to a restaurant without air conditioning. You wouldn't go to the movies without air conditioning. Probably most of us wouldn't book a hotel room in the summer without air conditioning. Make it easy. Don't make it harder. Going along with this is go figure out what the scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. Who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus said that. Sometimes as an insider, I want to be coddled. Oh, that is so selfish. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about those who don't know Christ. Don't coddle insiders. Jesus says, I'm not coddling you. I want to invite outsiders. So our mission, you've heard this a zillion times. We exist to make a difference in people's lives wherever they are by leading them into a growing relationship with God through Christ. As a Christ follower, that means your relationship ought to be growing. You can't invite somebody to something that's not happening in your own life. What do we call that? Hypocrisy. And eventually people see it. Oh, he talks a good game, but he doesn't live that way. He talks that Jesus is important. He talks that Jesus is the centerpiece, is the football of his life. But I don't think he's been on vacation with us, and I don't ever think, you know, he's practiced Bible. He talks about quiet time stuff. And this, this is going to really, I'm going to really push buttons for a second, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Not always, but I think it should be a little bit more. When you have guests and family members at your house for a weekend, and they don't do church, I think you need to figure out a way to get them to do church. When we were growing up, we went to church regardless. And our guests were invited to come, but if they didn't want to come, they stayed home for an hour, and then we came home and had dinner together. Most of the time, they would come. Now today, the fact that you can do it online, I'll give you a little wiggle room, stop everything that's going on at your house at 10 o'clock, and say, hey, we're going to watch church. Because they don't think it's important to you. Because their visit is more important. You can't pull out for two hours. Now I know I've made you feel, uh, you know, but I, I guarantee you they, they, they might get a taste and come and go, wow, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Those people aren't crazy. I didn't like anything about it, but I like the fact they had those coffee creamers with the flavor. All right, that's a win. Who, you know, anyway, enough. Find and follow Jesus. Seeking seekers. Find and follow.
follow Jesus. Again, you've got to be following Jesus, and we've got to be out there for people. Seeking seekers, have our ears to the ground. When someone says something, I was someplace this week, I can't tell you where I was, but the person was open to talking about going to church and doing church stuff. And I would say they're kind of seeking. So it was great. I, 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 I you know. I can, I can do this. I don't usually do this, but I did this. I go, you know, I'm a pastor, and I got to do ask this question. So is church a part of your life? And, and then we had this big conversation, and it was, it was the right conversation at the right time, and it worked great. I think that person's going to come someday. So we've got our mission, why we exist. This is where we're trying to apply our mission, where we're going. We seek to become a multi-generational church. We don't want to be a young church, an old church. We want to be multi-generational. We try to program and have activities that uh, encourage that, to have an undeniable cultural impact. Can't guarantee this, but when, you know, when we've had some of our uh, trunk or treat and, you know, they say 300 kids showed up plus families, it could have been four or 500 kids. That's been a part of the community's uh, weekend. That, that's having a cultural impact. Uh, Christmas Eve service. We're going to see if lighting a tree does that. Game dinner, whatever it is, Easter egg hunt, trying to have some kind of cultural impact. It's really great. I think it's happening this week. Uh, the school does some, I forget even what it's called, but something where people from the community come in and do little demonstrations, and a few of our folks come over and have a little craft in the gym over there. I think that's happening this week or next week. I saw it on the calendar. And again, just being out there, not being a holy huddle impact on the finger licks by finger licks yeah fi i'm thinking ice cream right finger lakes by lifting up jesus christ teaching god's word making disciples who love and live like jesus and we're going to stop here next time we're going to look at taking your eye off the ball i'm going to go right down to the bottom line so those that are very nervous about not getting that can have that and uh, here it is. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and there will be touchdowns. There will be wins. His defined wins, but there will be wins. And going along with that, when we think about running the ball, running the football, actually, I'll save that one for next week. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and there will be touchdowns. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that somebody in our life had their eyes on the ball and it made a difference for us. The reason we're in the room is because of somebody else. Could have been somebody 10 years ago. It could have been it could, it's somebody else. We thank you that they had their eye on the ball and it made a difference in our lives. Will, could we be a church that increases that? so that our eye is on the ball and we make a difference in people's lives. We help people become disciples of Christ. We help people to love and live like Jesus. We desperately need that, especially in the world we live in today. It's so light and darkness, so salty to be able to do that. Help us to flavor our society with the good news of Jesus Christ. We ask this in your name. Thanks so much for being here again in person and online. Bill and Lori Levine will be up front to talk with you, pray with you about anything going on in your life, so please take advantage of that. One of the many ways that you can worship God and show how thankful you are to him is by the giving of your